really all need to know that. What God do we serve? You know, the words uh, of a text are the words of a great leader, Joshua. For many years, he had uh, led the children of Israel, and under his hand, God had given them possession of the land of Canaan. He had faithfully directed their activities and had been like a father to them. Now his work was all over, and God was calling up, calling up to serve at a higher purpose. He talks to the people of uh, whom they are to serve. Then he utters those immortal words, Choose you this day whom ye will serve. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. The people replied by promising to serve the God of heaven and obey his voice forever. We will always serve some God. We we are never free creatures. Uh, many people say, uh, we will have no God to rule over us, but all are ruled by some God or something. Uh, so we'll go, we'll go ask a few uh, great men uh, what God they serve. Let's start with Alexander. What God does you serve, Alexander? I serve the God of military power and conquest, he answered. How about you, Plato? What God did you serve? I serve the God of knowledge. I tried to go deeper and learn more than any other man had. How about you, Thomas Edison? What God did you serve? I serve the God of science and invention. I kept busy night and day trying to learn more new things in the kingdom of science. Let's ask a great artist the same question, and he answered, I serve the God of beauty. I worshipped at his shrine. I put questions to some great scholar, and he answered, I serve the God of wisdom. Then I put the same question to David and Moses and Paul, and they answered as one. We served the God of heaven the one who existed before all else, the one who created the worlds, the one who holds all power in his hands, the one who has lived forever and who shall live forever, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Now I ask you the same question. You're going to serve the some God. What God shall rule over you? The correct translation of 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 10 is, The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Because of the love of money, men break God's holy laws and dis dis desecrate God's holy day. It is perfectly all right to make money, to make as much as you can, and to make it honestly and rightly and use it in the right way. But don't let it be your God. Don't let it come before everything else. There's a day when every Christian closed his businesses on Sunday, uh, the blue laws. Today, it's in many cases his biggest day. Something tragic has happened in a man's soul when Sunday is like any other day. God has promised to take care of us if we obey him and serve him as we should. Just work hard five or six days of the week, and he will make your income last as long as uh, if you had worked seven days for yourself. Let's take a little test. On Sunday, you have the choice of uh, making uh, 
$50 or $100 or $500 or, or $1,000 or closing up your business and going to church and Sunday school? What choice will you make? I want you to careful, carefully think about this now. This is a real test of your Christianity. I think of two men who were members of, uh, of a church. One lived uh, as a faithful Christian and a Christian, led a Christian life. He was always at every church service, and he gave God his tithe and more. The other man had a nice home, a good job, and all he could wish for. But he gave nothing to the church. Which one of these men was serving God? You know. One man served the God of materialism, the other the God of heaven. Money can do many good things. You can build churches and schools and send the gospel to the ends of the earth. But when it's your God, it robs you of the highest and the best in life. It stifles your soul. It takes you down to hell. There's a certain person or a certain man who was dying, and he kept his right hand under his bed covering. His dear wife tried to pull it out, but stubbornly he's held, his, held his hand down. When he did die, they found a gold coin in that hand. Even in death, money was his God. How pitiful is that? How pitiful is that? Died with a gold coin in your hand. If there was a land uh, that was a pleasure, uh, that land is, is, is America. Everything seems to be catering to the satisfaction of our senses. Every night must be given over to pleasure. But on God's day, the places of amusement and, and sports have their own largest crowds. A certain amount of pleasure is reasonable and natural, but pleasure ought not be our God. In a, in a certain small town, there was a factory that manufactured artificial flowers. A number of girls worked there. The wages were good and the work was pleasant. However, one of them became ill and soon died. They did not know what had caused her death. Later, another one sickened and died. But upon thorough investigation, they found that the coloring in the flowers contained a deadly poison. These girls inhaled this poison, and it caused their death. Some pleasures are like that. They bring satisfaction for a time, but they are deadly. They get into our system, but they're poison, and they carry people down to their doom. There's a lot of people out there who are very worldly. People can become slaves to earthly pleasures. There was a person who was a member of two different types of clubs, spent much of their time around a, a, a poker table or a bridge table, but there came a time when they had to give these things all up and gave their heart to Christ. They had to give their hearts to Christ. In, in time, this individual became one of the most faithful and most consecrated Christians ever known. You don't condemn pleasures to lift up and make life sweeter and better. They have their place in life. But I'm saying that pleasure is not to be our God. 
We won't worship worldly pleasures if we are real Christians. You see a young man with others around a table. They try to make this uh, young man drink with the others, but, but he refuses. They put more pressure on him, and finally, in order to be sociable, he gives in, and, and soon another soul has started on the downward path, and an appetite becomes his God. But look what he loses. Health, friends, family, money, business, self-respect, and finally heaven. The trouble is that so many, with a lot of people, they've lost their sense of sin. All of the attractive advertisement makes us think uh, that worldly indulgence is perfectly okay. The things that were once shunned by church members are now done openly. You say everybody's doing it. But that doesn't make it right for you. We must not serve that God of appetite. Health is a blessing from God. A strong body is indeed a good thing. But some people put health and exercise before God, they say. I work hard during the week. I need to get outdoors and get some recreation and exercise on Sunday. So you'll find them on a golf course, a tennis court, on the lake or elsewhere instead of God's house on Sunday. Jesus took some time and out and took his disciples with uh, him. When they had been on the go, when they were tired out and their nerves were on edge, he said, Let's, let us go apart and rest. So they took a vacation to build up their tired bodies and soothe their jagged nerves. We ought to be uh, interested in our health and doing nothing to injure it. But uh, we are not to let our desires for recreation and a strong body rob us of our interests in spiritual things. Uh, There's a certain church that had this model, Save your Sundays for the great things of the soul. I think that should be a habit of uh, every Christian. Some serve the, the God of home and family. A church member, person I know, was having a some landscape work done on his lawn. The man who was doing the work said uh, on Saturday, I'll be back to finish the work on Sunday. Oh, no, no, you won't, said this individual. I don't want you working on my yard on the Lord's Day. There was no doubt about where he stood. He wanted a pretty lawn, but not at that expense of breaking the Lord's command. We all know what that is. There was this revival down in this uh, Florida church. The husband and the daughter of one of the members were lost. Uh, and uh, the lady, uh, someone asked the lady to be sure to have them in church on Sunday for a special, uh, special service. She said, no, they can't come. I want them at home for dinner at that time. In another revival, two children made a profession of faith on a Sunday morning. The pastor told their mother to have them back on Sunday night to be baptized. She said, nah, they can't come. They need to study their lessons. This was her excuse every night, and so the girls never followed the Lord in baptism. 
So many people think that other things are more important than salvation and obedience to God. The most important thing for you and your family is to stand for Christ and be faithful to him. Anything that keeps you from doing that is wrong. Some believe that education and social position and keeping up with the Joneses are most important things in life. Nope. The main thing in life is the salvation and spiritual culture of yourself and your family. Some serve the God of society. It's normal for everyone to have some social life because we are social beings and, and no one cares for a recluse, a hermit. Uh, but our social life should be the kind of that uplifts, that enlarges life, that swells the heart with joy and brings the finest fellowship that brings no pangs or conscience, no bad after effects, and no headaches the morning after. There's another kind of social life. It's artificial. It's opposed to Christian's consecration. It draws us away from God and his church. It leaves a bad taste in the mouth and brings regret, but no permanent joy. The end of it's like uh, crackling thorns under a pot. Time is a great gift of God. How do we use it? It can be used to bring joy to others and glory to God, or it can be wasted on uh, those things that benefit no one. Who means the most to the world? The one who serves society and gets his name in social columns, or the one who faithfully serves God and others? We should serve God of heaven. We should serve him because he is the true God. He is the one who deserves our service, the one high and holy, the one above all others. He is our master and we are his servants. You are not uh, owned. You are bought with a price. Think of what he has done for you. If anyone deserves your best, he is the one. There have been blessings all along the way. His mercies are new every morning. We should serve him because he services his because his service is more satisfying and satisfying. Bromwell Booth, the great Salvation Army man, was on a train with uh, Sir Cecil Rhodes. He was the man who developed South Africa, the most prominent man who ever lived there. General Booth said to him, "Are you happy?" He replied, I happy? Am I happy? No, no. There's only one place to find happiness, said Booth. That's at the foot of the cross. Only there can you find peace and joy. Yeah, I know. I know it, said Rhodes. I, I'd give all I have to believe as you do. God's service does satisfy. Try it. You'll find it to be true, and you'll find it. We should serve uh, God because there are no bad after effects in his service.
we can serve some gods and and a time will come when you'll regret it. But not so when you serve God. Every sinner at the end of his life will regret that he ever had served Satan. But of the millions who have served God, no, not one has regretted it. You know, I can remember uh, this fine young church member who lost his life. Uh, these are stories that I'm telling. Who lost his life in World War II. Letters from many prominent people came to his parents saying wonderful things about this young man. And another individual in, in Vietnam. Another individual from Afghanistan. But someone asked his mother this question. After all this, what was the thing that brings you the most joy as you think of your son? And she answered, the fact that he loved God, lived a good Christian life, and was so thoughtful of his mother and father. When you think of life like that, there are no regrets at the end of the at the end of the way. Nothing to make you sit and weep because of sin. And we serve God. We serve Him because of our influence will be greater. People see you every day in your Christian influence as they watch you is a blessed thing. What is your influence in your home, your business? What do you do outside among your friends? It would be greater or good if you have a follower of Christ. If you are a follower of Christ, someday you will be gone. How will your children remember you? Your influence doesn't die with you. We should serve him because the results of such service are better. If you spend your life in worldly And worldly endeavors only. The, the results will last but a day. Spend that life in a service and the good results will outlast the stars. The world may perish, but your work will remain. Give him and his church of life and you'll be building the, with material that will last forever. We should serve him because the rewards are greater in his service. There is joy in Jesus that nothing else can give. There are the memories you will have in old age. As you sit down and look back over the gallery of your life and, and looking at all these little pictures that came into your head, will it be hung with pictures of sinful life pictures or pictures of glorious service to God? Then there is glory at the end of the way. Instead of being banished from God, he will take you into his glory where you will never shed another tear. This wealthy couple lost a, a dear little seven-year-old girl whom they loved very much. The mother's heart was broken and her health began to fail. The doctors gave her the, their best medicine. 
She went to a famous uh, psychiatrist and her husband took her on a trip to Europe. But when she got no better, finally the good doctor said, she will never be cured with medicine. You should go to an orphanage and pick out a child and let her uh, lavish her affection on her. Her husband persuaded her to do this. So they went to an orphanage, spent all kinds of their money that they had, and the superintendent allowed them to see five little girls. All of them were seven years of age and blonde, like the little girl they had lost. She selected one whom she liked and requested that she be left alone with her. When the others had left, she stood the little girl up on the piano stool and began to talk to her. She said, I had a little girl just like you and, and loved her very much, but she died several months ago. Will you take her place? The little girl bowed her head and didn't know what to say. Then the lady said, darling, we'll have a governess to look after you. We'll We'll take you anywhere you want to go, on trains. We'll even get you a pony or planes or ships. Won't you come? The woman felt that uh, she had been defeated. The little girl was silent. Finally, she said to the lady, if you do all these things for me, what will you want me to do for you? In a moment, the lady had the little girl in her arms and said, darling, all that we ask of you, you is that you love us and she took the little girl home well god promises all the good in this world and the world to come he just asks us to love him with all our hearts and our minds then he knows we will serve him won't you say today i forsake all other gods from now on as for me and my house we will serve the lord I hope you enjoyed that little talk about what God we shall serve and who we shall serve. We all know. May, may Father God, you've called us to live a life of dedication to Jesus. Jesus, so often I allow myself to become beaten down and lukewarm. Forgive me, I pray. I pray that you will give me a fresh touch of your spirit. Wash me in your living water that I might be alive for you and worship only you. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. Thank you for joining me here today on this little talk. Uh, if you care to learn more about becoming a Templar, please visit our website at www.americanknightstemplars.com. That again is www.americanknightstemplars.com. Um, also, if you would care to uh, email me about any prayer requests, uh, please do so at uh, r 258 at comcast.net. Thank you very much for joining us. May God bless.